You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Be Humane on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Robin Gansert. So glad you could make us part of your week. Wherever and however you're listening to us today, we thank you. I know we've taken a bit of the summer break these last few weeks, and I've missed talking to each of you. I hope you've had a wonderful, relaxing summer, but pretty soon our kids will all be back in school and the fall will be here. My, how time just flies. This time of year is often known as the dog days of summer, but at American Humane Association, we like to think of it as the hero dog days of summer, and that means we're going to shake things up a bit for you on the show over the next few weeks. As I'm sure you know, we've announced our eight brave finalists for the 2014 Hero Dog Awards. All eight of these dogs are competing for the title of the 2014 American Hero Dog. And I know that each and every one of them is deserving of this top prize. But it's not for me to decide. It's for all of you to decide. America gets to vote and America gets to select their top hero dog of the year. Which is why I'm so pleased to say that I'm going to be interviewing all eight finalists on this show over the next few weeks. Of course, when I say interview the finalists, I mean they're brave human handlers on the other end of the leash. I don't think the dogs themselves have much to say besides a few barking here and there. They let their actions do the talking. Each show is going to feature the appearances from two of our finalists, and they'll be on to tell you their tales and to share with you how it feels to be a finalist for the Hero Dog Awards. On this week's show, uh, I hope you have a tissue ready. We're featuring Donna Lawrence, who Susie is representing the therapy dog category sponsored by Zoetis. Later in the show, we'll talk to Air Force Staff Sergeant Michael Malarcy, whose dog Exxon is a finalist in the Guide and Hearing Dog category, sponsored by Chicken Soup for the Soul Pet Food. You know, one thing we know for sure, and that's one of these eight people will be on stage on September 27th at the end of the night, named the 2014 American Hero Dog of the Year. Joining the likes of Ellie the Pitbull, military working dog Gabe, and Roselle as our top winners. You know, listen in to their stories and decide who you think is America's top dog. And be sure to visit HeroDogAwards.org every day between now and September 15th to vote on your favorite. I can't wait to meet them all in person when I'm out there in Los Angeles for the Hero Dog Awards Gala on September 27th. And it's certainly going to be an honor to talk to them on this show. Stay tuned for an announcement of the premiere date of the national television broadcast of the 2014 Hero Dog Awards on Hallmark Channel later this fall. We know this is going to be our biggest and best show yet. And speaking of big things this fall, I want to remind you that my new book, Animal Stars, is coming out soon. You know, we actually have a free gift offer going on right now for a coffee mug and a tote bag if you pre-order your copy of Animal Stars today. To learn more, visit AnimalStarsBook.com. That's AnimalStarsBook.com to join in on the fun and get to learn a little bit about the behind the scenes of our favorite and beloved animals from film and entertainment. You know, it's already on the bestsellers list ahead of its September 25th publication date. And we are so grateful to each of you, our fans, for making it happen. 
You know, it was written along with our friends Linda and Alan Anderson, the husband and wife founders of the Angel Animals Network. And it features a foreword by our favorite America's veterinarian, Dr. Marty Becker. You know, it's a great read, and I hope you all will go out today to learn more about how a cat learned to flush a toilet on camera for Meet the Fockers, or why the dog Uggy was accused of stealing every single scene in The Artist or on the red carpet. From Joey and Warhorse to the wolves in Games of Thrones, what we see on screen is only the tip of the iceberg. You know, Animal Stars features some heartwarming stories and reflections by film icons like Steven Spielberg, Julia Roberts, Ewan McGregor, Haley Steinfeld. It's a really special book, and I hope you'll go out and get your copy today. You know, be sure to visit, again, HeroDogAwards.org to look at this year's finalist and to cast your vote every day. And if you're interested in learning more about Animal Stars, visit AnimalStarsBook.com to check out book tour dates when we'll be coming to a city near you for a special book signing event. How cool is that? We'll be right back with our first interview in our eight-part interview series of the class of this year's Hero Dog finalist. Again, I hope you've got a couple of tissues handy. Stick around. This is Be Humane with Dr. Robin Gansert on Pet Life Radio. We'll be right back right after these messages. Stay tuned. Pet Life Radio, the number one pet radio network on the planet, joins forces with iHeartRadio to put the power of your pets in your pocket. Awesome. Download the iHeartRadio app and rock Pet Life Radio on your phone, on your tablet, on your Xbox, in your car. Pet talk, pet tunes, and fun pet times. Pet Life Radio and iHeartRadio. Positively possum. It's dinner time in America. Where more pet parents trust PetSmart for natural and expert recommended foods than any place else. And now, we've added more than 100 new varieties to our already wide selection of your favorite brands. Like Simply Nourish, Authority, Wellness, Science Diet, and more. Do what's best for your pet. At PetSmart, happiness in store. Go to PetSmartDeal.com to find out this week's coupon code and save up to 30% on food, treats, toys, and more. And get free shipping on orders of $49. Go to PetSmartDeal.com. P-E-T-S-M-A-R-T-D-E-A-L.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. All right, welcome back. Today's show is kicking off the Hero Dog Days of Summer and where we're interviewing all eight category finalists for the 2014 4th Annual Hero Dog Awards. Our first guest today represents the Therapy Dog category, sponsored by our great friends at Soetis. You know, animal-assisted therapy is the use of certified therapy animals as part of a therapeutic plan. The use of animals in therapy is often described as a significant part of treatment for many people who are physically, socially, emotionally, or even cognitively challenged. Those in hospitals or nursing homes often benefit from animal-assisted therapy, especially kiddos and the elderly. 
You know, while animals such as horses and cats make excellent therapy animals, dogs are by far the most common type of certified therapy animals that work in our communities today. And this year's finalist is Susie from High Point, North Carolina. And on the line with me now is Donna Lawrence, the mom of this inspiring pit bull. Hi, Donna. How are you today? We're doing great, Robin. How are you? Oh, it's so great to hear your voice, and cheers to our great friends in High Point. It's a wonderful town and a wonderful community, and it's so great to have you on the phone with us. Is Susie there with you? She is. She's laying right by my side and just getting lots of loves before I take off to work. Oh, that's she'll probably go with me to work. (laughs) (laughs) That's even better. That's even better. You know, Susie, like all of our eight finalists, really have inspirational story, and can you tell us a little bit about the, how the two of you first came together and about the unbelievable tragedy that befell this beautiful pit bull? Yes. Susie's story starts out in August of 2009. She was found in a local park in Greensboro. She had been beaten, set on fire, and left for dead. And when they found her, she was covered in over 300 maggots. She had second and third degree burns over 60% of her body. She was barely alive when she was found. And it was so sad to hear about her story on the news and stuff. And I just couldn't believe that someone would just abuse an animal like this. I have never seen anything like this before. And she was found in a local park by a passerby, and they had taken her to our local shelter to be treated. They called animal control, and they took her to the shelter. And they started working with her. And because of the love in her eyes and just the strong will to live, you know, they decided to save her life. They could have chosen to put her down because she was in such bad shape, but we have an awesome shelter here in Guilford County, and they just went to work on her immediately and saved her life, and she was then placed in foster care for a couple of months, and that's how I met Susie. She was just a beautiful little dog, and I remember the first time I met her, she was kissing all over me and licking all mm-hmm. over my face, and she was just such a happy dog, and she just spoke a powerful message to me of love, hope, and forgiveness, and I couldn't believe that I could be an abuse like she had, all because she licked her owner's baby in the face, just giving love and affection, that he mm. did this to her. He beat her up for 15 minutes, he said. He broke her jaw, knocked her teeth out, poured lighter fluid on her, and set her on fire. And Gee. she ran off in the woods. And, you know, she was found 10 days later. They estimated that she'd been in that park for 10 days by the amount of maggots that was eaten away at her tortured skin. You know, she had probably had... Yeah, it was at least 300 maggots, and they had to be kicked off one by one, and they had to treat her for her burns every day for two months at least, and they would have to put her to sleep because it was so painful, but this poor dog endured all of that and, and suffered like that, but yet she was just so loving and forgiving, and that's you know what really drew me to her because right before I met Susie, 10 months before I met her... I was attacked by an abused, neglected dog in my neighborhood. The owners had moved off and left it, and it was always isolated and tied to a tree in the back of the yard, and this poor dog didn't get a lot of attention and love. And and when they moved, uh, he told me he couldn't take the dog and that he would have to take it to the local shelter. And because it was pit bull, I knew it would have to be maybe euthanized. So I took it upon myself to help this dog. 
one morning during a regular feeding, it snuck up behind me and just went into a full attack and tore my leg up and went from my throat. And it was a miracle that I got away from the dog. And that's, I guess, why I could relate to Susie. She had a miracle of survival, and I had a miracle of survival. She was attacked by a human wrongfully, and I was attacked by a dog wrongfully. So mm. I think that I felt like we were kindred spirits, that bond. It just I think that's what drew me to her, you know, that we could relate to one another, our injuries. And she had scars physically. I had scars physically. And we both had mental scars, you know, and fears that we had to conquer. But we conquered them together. Anyway, when I was attacked, I was probably in, I believe I was in probably two or three weeks early stages of pregnancy, lost that, lost the ability to have kids. So emotionally, I was a wreck. And, you know, it took me months to heal and be able to walk with crutches. I walked on crutches for a couple of months and being in the hair salon, that was hard to do. You know, cut hair sitting on the stool because I had to work. And, but after I went through my ordeal is when I kind of met Susie later. I had a very fear of dogs before I met Susie. I would shake when I get around them. I had a little bit of post-traumatic stress disorder and I couldn't be around big dogs um, because of what I went through. And I just didn't want to live in that state of mind. And so when I, you know, when I met Susie, you know, here I lost the ability to have kids. I always loved animals, but now it's like I'm afraid of animals. You know, it was like what's left to nurture, you know. So I was got, you know, I met Susie. I kept her for a week when the foster parents was on vacation. They're totally in love with her and I'm just holding her, like I said, and her kissing on me. And so I decided to help on the weekends with her and I just wanted to make sure she got in the right home. At the time, I wasn't really set on adopting her yet because of, like I said, my fear of dogs. And and then one weekend when I did get the tragic news from my doctor that I wouldn't be able to have kids, Susie was in my backseat of my car and I took her home with me and I was alone for the weekend. My husband was out of town and had a little bit of emotional breakdown, but Susie was there running around my house playing and it's just like God used her in my life and he's and that's why, you know, I believe animals bring so much healing. He said, you see that dog in there, she's happy and playful and she's not living in the past and she's living yeah. in the moment. And so can you. You can move on with your life and I want you to adopt her because I have big plans for you two to do together, bigger than you can imagine. And at that time, I just trusted God with it. And I felt like he said, you know, from this day forward, you will no longer be afraid of dogs. And it was like instantly the fear went away and then she and I just, I adopted her, and it's just been uphill from there, conquering all kinds of things for animal cruelty and, and a lot of things that we've got going on now, you know, with the nonprofit and stuff. It's just been exciting. It's amazing. I mean, Donna, your story is, as we say, made for the movies, <laughs> literally yeah. made for the movies. And, you know, I have to say, first of all, because I've I've known you, I, I've seen Susie, I know where the great folks are at the shelter. You and I met with a, a very wonderful mutual friend who actually is one of the stars in the movie that's about your life story with Susie, Megan Blake, who also has a terrific radio show on Pet Life Radio. She's one of our great friends and ambassadors for American Humane. I mean, all of this, so many of us are and have been touched by you and by Susie. And I just have to say, it's pretty powerful. Can you share with our listeners the movie, Susie's Hope, and uh, and how it was to see your story told on the silver screen? Yes, the movie was so exciting. I had Before the movie, I had written three children's books about our story and, and and we developed two stuffed animals that looked like Susie to help the kids. And I was just thinking, you know, we need big tools to spread 
the message of animal cruelty. Because, you know, with Susie's story, we had that laws change in North Carolina, and that's what makes Susie so special, too. She became the voice for the animals out there in North Carolina who had no voice, but because before her, the laws in North Carolina hadn't been changed in over 100 years. So wow. Susie became the folks dog. You know, we had, here we had a visual dog to take before the House and Senate so they could see what animal cruelty really looks like. Because if you don't see it every day, you don't think about it. You know, I live with a dog who's scarred for life, so I think about it every day now and how what we can do to make a change. And so we took her for the House and Senate, and then she went before Governor Purdue and got the laws changed. So that's why the movie was made, because it was such a powerful story. Like, you guys preach all the time the bond between animals and humans. And so Susie and I had this special bond, and they read my books, and one of the writers and loved the story and fell in love with it and said, this needs to be a movie. And wow. so now we have the movie out, and what I love about the American Humane Association, you guys were there protecting the animals on set every single day, which was amazing to me because the guy in charge on set he was awesome, and he made sure Susie got plenty of rest because Susie stars in the movie. She played herself halfway through the movie, and I love the fact that he wouldn't let people come up and rub her. He yeah, protected yes. her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he kept her. He said she had to have her rest. She has to have food, water. You know, so he was awesome on set every day. And I, you know, to say that no animals were harmed in our movie, so that was awesome. But the movie was, you know, it's out now on Up TV nationwide, going into about sixty million homes. And I'm getting all kinds of response about how wonderful the movie is and how it's opening people's eyes to stop this epidemic of animal cruelty. I get, I can tell when the movie has shown because I get flooded with emails and stuff and people saying, thank you so much for making a movie like this. There's not a movie out there like this that talks about animal cruelty. And that's what we hope to do with the movie. And it's been out on DVD and on all the local networks and Time Warner and Dish and Direct TV, and it's going to be out on DVD this fall, so people will be able to purchase one and and have it in their own home and have it for life, and I mean, people were just flooded with wonderful responses. They just are amazed at the movie and how well Susie did in the movie, and her being a (laughs) therapy dog and trained, you know, made her do a great job in her movie, so she, and my other dog, Baby Girl, was in it as well, and, and she had a small part, but of course her character's in the movie. So everybody loves the movie. And it is a great, powerful tool we can use. Yeah. It is absolutely a powerful tool that can be used. You know, and actually, you know, today we're talking and this is the the day after we have found out the horrible news about one of uh, Hollywood's beloved stars, Robin Williams, passing away. His uh, second to last tweet that he posted was a photo of him with what he says, one of his lovely leading ladies. And that was Crystal, the capuchin, one of the animal stars that we all love and that American Humanes have the privilege of working with for years. Uh, and, uh, you know, we do love our animal stars. And thanks to American Humane, we're on set protecting animal stars like Susie and Baby Doll and Crystal as they're working in film and entertainment. So it was a, it was a very nice, uh, sweet tribute to see Mr. Williams post that about Crystal and how he loved animals. And we all love, love our animal stars. And to see Susie's story comes to life is not just about seeing a dog story. As you said, it's the message of cruelty that exist in communities today. It's in our own backyard, and uh, it's a great awareness and education movie. So congratulations, and thank you for doing it. 
Oh, you're welcome. We were excited to be a part of the movie, and I was on set every day for the filming and wanted to make sure they kind of told it like it needed to be told because, you know, I lived it. So they did an awesome job with writing it, and actors and actresses were awesome. I just was so excited to be a part of it. It was just amazing to see your story come to life. And it was a little bit strange to see people acting out and telling your life story, but it was also exciting, too. So. It had to be. Magical moment, magical moment. That's wonderful. Well, I know that you're a finalist. Susie's a finalist. And each of our finalists get to choose a charity partner to receive a grant. So Susie's going to Hollywood and representing a great charity. Can you tell us a little bit about your designated charity partner, Pause and Effect? Oh, yeah. Uh, Pause and Effect, they work a lot with therapy dogs and I'm so that's one reason why I chose them how they use therapy dogs and the work that they do so I I think it's awesome and all the great work that they do so I'm excited to be a part of them and to meet them at the Hero Dogs and talk more about their work. That's wonderful. And everyone, that's Susie's designated charity partner, Pause and Effect. So a big shout out to them and their fine work that they do with therapy dogs every day. Well, Donna, it's such a pleasure to have you on the show today. Your story is one of inspiration and it really defines and embodies the whole purpose of the Hero Dog Awards campaign. I look forward to seeing both you and Susie in California in just a few weeks. And it's going to be a lot of fun. and It's going to be a whirlwind as well. I know. I'm excited, too. I can't wait to pick out my dress and get everything ready and Susie, find her a new set of pearls. I think she deserves a new set of pearls to wear for this. <laughs> and <laughs> She's for known those, for her pearls because she wore her exactly. pearls and me Governor Purdue. I love it. So, so Susie, as a North Carolina girl, wears her pearls when she goes off to meet dignitaries and certainly when she hits the red carpet in Hollywood. A very, very fine example of a Southern girl wearing her pearls to special events. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I know she's so she sports them well too. She's used to the cameras, so she she gets excited when I she knows when I grab her pearls, it's time to go do work or do something special. So she's ready to go. She, that tail starts wagging, and she gets so excited, and she heads to the door. <laughs> That's wonderful. Well, Donna, on behalf of all of us of American Humane Association, thank you for sharing your inspirational story. It's a personal triumph for you, given what you have overcome, and it's also an incredible triumph for Susie. So we will see you on the red carpet. And for all of us listening out there, we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back with another one of our inspirational eight finalists in this year's American Humane Association Hero Dog Awards. Sit. Day. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Dogs leave fur wherever they go. It collects all over the home. There are many tools designed to stop dog hair spreading, but their effectiveness varies, and afterwards you have to clean the tool, then the floor. With the Dyson Groom Tool, you simply deploy the bristles, then gently brush the coat. Loose fur is removed, while dead skin and allergens are captured by the vacuum. And to clean up, you simply release the trigger. To get this awesome Dyson Groom Tool, go to DysonDeals.com. That's DysonDeals.com. 
Hi, this is Marcy Davis and my service dog, Whistle, and we're your hosts of Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. Working Like Dogs is the show where you can learn everything you ever wanted to know about working animals or working dogs. Whether you're a member of a working dog team or you've just seen a working dog or animal out at the mall or the grocery store and you're curious about how these amazing animals work with their human partners, then Working Like Dogs is the show for you. Join us for the inside scoop at Working Like Dogs on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back. We're rolling on with our next Brave Canine Hero. My second guest today is the second of our eight Hero Dog finalists and represents the Guide and Hearing Dog category sponsored by Chicken Soup for the Soul Pet Food. You know, these heroes work with people who are blind, deaf, hard of hearing, or have mobility issues. Through teamwork and companionship, they share a bond of trust and love for the entire life of the dog. And this year's finalist is Exxon of Bloomfield, Connecticut, who helps guide his blind owner, the man who's on the line with me now. I am so pleased, honored, and privileged to welcome Air Force Staff Sergeant Mike Malarcy to the program. Mike, how are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's so wonderful to have you. We're so proud to know you and so glad that you are part of this year's special effort, you know, to celebrate heroes on both ends of the leash. And it's very, very cool to learn more about your and Exxon story. I know that you're both an inseparable pair, and I'm sure he's right there with you right now while we're doing this interview. I'd love to uh, hear a little bit about the two of you. Okay, so long story short, I was in the Air Force, like you said, and my job was basically to call in airstrikes for the Army. So they would embed us in two-man teams and then send us out on, you know, whatever the patrols did, the Army was going on. So back in 2009, December of 2009, I deployed to Afghanistan, and I was doing lots of patrols. And then January 3rd, 2010, there were 13 of us out on a foot patrol, and basically we walked into an ambush. Uh, multiple IEDs, small arms fire. They had a, a really complex attack set up and waiting for us. And uh, when it was all said and done, I got injured in the first IED blast, so I don't remember most of what went on. But I remember waking up in the hospital about a week later to a doctor telling me that I was going to be permanently blind. And then right after that, my dad was there. I remember him telling me that my teammate and three of the soldiers we were supporting were killed. Wow. So over the next year, as you can imagine, you know, dealing with a lot of changes, getting, you know, learning how to be blind and dealing with that. One of the things that I wanted from the very beginning was a guide dog because I went from being really active to doing whatever I wanted to, you know, being completely independent to all of a sudden dealing with blindness and just having this white cane to get around. And I really didn't like it. It was really slow and it was just Mm -hmm. frustrating to use. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the morning came and, you know, we had to go out and do something. I just wasn't excited about it. Yeah. And um, really struggled with that. I was fortunate because a caseworker I had in New Mexico, it's where we were living at the time, had a husband who lost his sight in Iraq a couple of years before. He had just received a guide dog from the Fidelco Guide Dog Foundation in Connecticut. And he called me and said, hey, if you're really serious, you should call these guys because they'll do everything that they can to help you out. So long story short, I sent the application in in November of 2010. 
And then actually on the exact one-year anniversary, January 3rd of 2011, Exxon was standing on my doorstep. And now, I'm pretty close, coming up for four years later, we've literally gone almost everywhere together. Every single trip I've been on, everything I've done, he's been there. And he changed my life. The first walk I took with him, I felt like I was running again. And it just got me you know, excited and motivated to be out in public and part of society again. And he's, uh, he saved my life. Mike, I have to tell you, I think everyone who's going to hear your story won't be able to have a dry eye. It's amazing what you've just said, and you said it so matter-of-factly, too. You know, he just changed your life, but the power of those words, it's its just amazing, amazing, amazing. And But you know what I also think is amazing? Exxon, and you with this new lease on life that he gave you, you returned to active duty as the only blind airman in the Air Force. Amazing. Amazing. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So after I got him, you know, I just started putting myself out there and, and trying different opportunities that come my way and just trying to do my best. And people noticed that in the mid part, a little before July of uh, 2011, we got a phone call and I actually got a request to move to Texas, the Lackland Air Force Base in San Antonio, and to help them establish and run basically a mentorship program where they take people who have been through a combat injury or a serious illness like cancer or even a really severe car accident. They take people who have been through those things, overcome them, and then use them as mentors for people with similar injuries or illnesses who are just at the initial stages. Now, at the time, this program was kind of just an idea. Mm-hmm. So I moved down there and I got an office, put my uniform back on, went back to work. I did it for about 10 months. And uh, I was the, uh, the administrator of this program. I designed pretty much everything from the ground up, the reporting procedures, recruiting procedures. I spent a lot of time going to the different military hospitals and finding people who wanted to help out, finding people who needed help. And uh, I really enjoyed it. It was a good time. And um, we were very blessed to have that opportunity come our way. And actual people a million times, I don't think it would have happened without Exxon because for a lot of blind people, when we go out in society with just a cane, most people don't know how to come up and, you know, they don't know to what to say to break the ice. Right. So you spend a lot of time walking around by yourself. And it's amazing how even in a really public and crowded place, you can still feel completely alone. But Exxon, when I walk around this German Shepherd, he's, everybody tells me he's beautiful. And we get stopped all the time, people asking questions. And you know, that, was a big, that was a big benefit for me, something that I'd never considered was you know, how he would bring me, would integrate me back into society again. Yes. And you know what? I hear this over and over again with our hero dogs, that these dogs do serve as that that gateway because so many people just love a dog. So all of a sudden, they want to hear your story and they want to approach you because the dog is there. And by the way, Exxon is beautiful. (laughs) I've seen the photos. He's gorgeous. To meet him in real life, he's just absolutely exquisite. And I just love this bond. Uh, I love this bond that you're describing. Such impressive work. You know, my I also understand that you visited Capitol Hill to meet with members of Congress on the issues near and dear to your heart. Can you share with our listeners about your advocacy on the Hill? Yeah, so basically the VA as of right now, they have some support and assistance in place once a service member has a service dog. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, there's nothing to help service members get service dogs. And mm-hmm. when I was in uh, Walter Reed early on, I was asking all sorts of questions about guide dogs, and nobody there could answer anything. They had no idea. 
So I got to take a, a couple of trips, actually, up to uh, to D.C., like you said, and meet with different senators and politicians. Uh, I've got a, a picture with John Kerry. We got to meet him right before he took the you know, Secretary of State job. And we got to talk about this issue. And actually, at the time, introduced a bill to establish a sort of a grant program for service dogs, for companies that, you know, that breed and train these dogs and provide them to veterans. They were starting to set up a, a grant program. And at the time... This was, I think, 2012, maybe. Yeah, you know, the economy, things were so great. So it ended up not going through, but, you know, the work isn't done. We're still going back, and you know, we've got plans on the schedule to, to keep pushing this forward. Well, I want you to know, too, Mike, that American Humane Association also found this need to be an oppressing priority. We created the first ever Wax for Patriots program that actually gives grants for service dogs for veterans. And I want you to know that is from folks who are listening who are interested in this, this does help to offset the cost. And you're welcome to visit AmericanHumane.org to learn more about Wax for Patriots. Again, grants available for veterans who are seeking service dogs. You know, Mike, we were just on the hill a couple of weeks ago with some of your fellow soldiers who we've actually been reuniting with their war dogs that they've served with who are now becoming like service dogs to your your fellow comrades in arms who are suffering from PTS. And I want you to know those have been some extremely well-received stories on the hill and we're helping to educate members of Congress about the need for veterinary care funds, about the need for helping to bring war dogs back so they can have a retirement and dignity. And we'd be happy to add this to our agenda as we continue to advocate on the Hill, because I agree with you, we need to make this a much more accessible route for so many of our brave soldiers coming back at home and to make service dogs much more available. So thank you for your advocacy on that. Very important. Of course. Thank you. Tell us why you felt it was so important to nominate Exxon. I mean, it's a very special time when you get a dog nominated and then you, of course, win your category. Tell us a little bit about why you nominated Exxon. It's really a hard thing to put into words and to really get people to understand how much he helps me out. It's easy to say that he is my best friend. He's literally everywhere that I go. And I mean, I don't know where I would be without his help. Now, not only does he guide me through Salt Lake City independently on my own. But, I mean, like I said, it brings you back into society. He watches my family. We've got three little kids. And we're in a store somewhere, and one of them wanders off. He'll take me right to them and bring them back. And there's so many things that I'd never even considered, you know, never even really thought that I would need help with, that he just, I mean, he just does it. And he does it naturally. And, and he absolutely loves doing it. You know, this dog has given me back my life. And to be able to, you know, be part of, of this and to have him as a finalist, I mean, it's an honor. And for me, it's like it's the least I can do. You know, and he, he loves traveling and doing stuff, but this is something that, you know, I feel is, is honoring him and the work that he does for me. And I mean, it's the least that I can do. You know, Mike, this campaign gets millions of votes every year. Millions of votes have already been cast this year. So to get to the finalist stages, it just tells me that Exxon and your story has touched so many Americans all across this country. I want to pay tribute to you both and to also celebrate the power of the bond in this beautiful way. Congratulations to you. But were you nervous awaiting for the top eight to be unveiled? Yeah, I was. Absolutely. I was reading through <laughs> the other profiles, the other people. And, I mean, there was a few, especially, I'm like, oh, man, that's, that's a really good story. That dog's, that dog's amazing. So, yeah, I was kind of nervous. And then when, yeah, when when, uh, when me and Exxon, or when Exxon made it to the finals, I was kind of in shock for a minute. I'm like, holy cow, we made it. And I got right, got right back onto Facebook and Twitter and started sharing links and reminding people to keep up every single day. 
And they did, and they did in grand numbers for you and for Exxon. So it's so amazing. What would it mean, Mike, for you to win the 2014 American Hero Dog title? I mean, certainly, I know it would help to bring recognition to the brave work of guide dogs everywhere, like our amazing 2011 American Hero Dog, Roselle, did. I mean, she inspired so many people, and their story was amazing about surviving 9-11. What would it mean for you and Exxon to get that Hero Dog? of the year title you know like you said it's it's a great thing for raising awareness it's amazing and my my daily travels how many people don't really know anything about guide dogs for people like myself or people family friends who know somebody who's blind or vision impaired that have a dog you know it's a it's just a part of life but for so many people out there they have no idea about guide dogs they don't know anything and they don't know how big of an impact that these animals can have that's one big thing for me is just raising that awareness for letting people know like hey these dogs are out all over the country doing amazing work and a lot of times they don't I mean probably from their handlers they get some great appreciation but you know the public usually a lot of times I discover doesn't really understand the magnitude of it they don't mm-hmm. realize the partnership and the teamwork that goes on and uh, simply raising that awareness and, and letting people know that these dogs are all over the country and every single day to help them improve people's lives. I mean, there's, there's really not a price I could put on that. And like I said earlier, just to, to honor Exxon, you know, the work that he's done for me, he, he's my best friend and, you know, I'd love to see him win that title this year. I think so many Americans are celebrating with you and with Exxon because this is an amazing, amazing inspirational tale about uh, heroes on both ends of this leash. Mike, it's such a pleasure and a privilege to get to know you. We thank you for joining us on the show today. And we are really looking forward to celebrating with you and seven other finalists at the Beverly Hilton in just a few weeks. Mike, any last words to our listeners? I just want to say thank you and uh, we're mindful to continue to vote. You can, I mean, the links are all over the place. I've got them. I have my own website, malarcy.com, that people can go there and see pictures and videos of Exxon. There's a couple of videos actually telling the entire backstory of how he came into my life. So if people are interested, all that information is there. And um, yeah, keep voting. We absolutely appreciate it. Great. And tell them the website one more time. Malarcy.com. And it's M-A-L-A-R-S-I-E.com. Perfect. And for everyone tuning in this week, remember to log on HeroDogAwards.org every day to vote for your favorite hero dog. That's all we have for our show today. Remember, you can listen to all of our past episodes and all of the wonderful Pet Life Radio shows by visiting PetLifeRadio.com or making sure you sign up for our podcast weekly through iHeartRadio. We'll be back next week, but until then, let's all remember to be humane. Thank you and have a great week. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.